Hello and welcome to Law and Order S Review here on Fanversation. This is the Law and Order SVU uh, recap discussion. We are talking season 22, episode 5. Um, this episode never is called... Gonna get in <laughs> I try. So this episode is time. called Turn Me On, Take Me Private. Uh, before we jump in, first of all, happy birthday, Warren Light. Um, so exciting we're doing this episode on his birthday it's Um, also betty white's birthday so warren light and betty white i love that (laughs) yeah you're welcome people um also as uh you may know if you've seen our show sometimes um we say some things that might be deemed inappropriate or insensitive and this is your content warning. Also, if you are in a situation where you need help, if you are assaulted, please reach out to Rain. Their number is 1-800-656-4673. 1-800-656-4673. What does that spell, Taylor? It spells hope. It does spell hope. <laughs> um, cool. So this episode, season 22, episode five, take, turn me on, take me private. Title is so hard to say for some reason. <laughs> It really is. Let me read this quick cap for you. The SVU, okay, investigates a role play (laughs) session on a camming website, turns violent after one user decides to meet his idol in person. Who wrote this? Well, the SVU, the Special Victims Unit, I guess that technically is grammatically right, right? Right, but the SVU investigates when a role play session on a camming camming website turns violent after one user decides to meet his idol in person. Anyway. Well, they got the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> they got the, the you know, the, the big picture point. Sorry, I'm too distracted. We shouldn't be harping on the quick cap. Uh, Taylor, what did you think of this episode? I liked it a lot. I thought it was um, interesting to see the whole, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Perp, wow, I can speak. We both can't talk today. That this is not a good sign. The perp representing himself in court, I always think is a really interesting plot. I don't know if we've seen that before on this show or not. I feel like we've yeah, oh William Lewis. Sorry. Girl, we've seen it so much. I know, I know. i but I'm trying to think of specifics and I couldn't think of any specifics when I said that. Oh, I but, have a specific that I'll bring up at a later point, but yes, okay. he also yeah. Well, I, to be fair, I blocked William Lewis out because I those episodes just it's not my thing. But and it also gave me some theater tricks vibes a little bit because it was like, oh, everyone's watching it happen, but they don't know like that this is not part of the show. So, and we love our theater tricks. So, love them any chance that we get to reference that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good, um, really good episode, really solid. And um, I love Zoe. Zoe. Yes. Uh, so let's let's bring Zoe up for one second. Um, this is the beginning, I believe, of our Broadway on SVU for this season. Or it's not even the beginning. It's just a continuation of Broadway on SVU this season. Um, this was Eva Noblezada, I don't know how to say her name, from Hadestown, um, and Alex Brightman from Beetlejuice on Broadway. Uh, so we have two Broadway stars in this episode. Oh, love it. Keep it going. If you need yeah. the, and Jeffrey, Broadway people that we should bring on. 
Yeah, I um, absolutely loved it. They were both fantastic. And I agree with you that theater tricks pull is nice. What I really enjoyed about this episode, I pulled three other episodes that were like, it's like what happened was they took the best bits of multiple episodes and put it together in a new way. So yes, the theater tricks part where they weren't sure if it was real. The assault itself on camera reminded me of season 13, episode 18, Valentine's Day, which is the Chloe Savigny episode. Yeah. And when Zoe's uh, testifying, it reminded me of 16.5, which is Porn Stars Requiem. Yeah, of course. A great episode. Yes. When Gabe uh, goes to her dad's place and he's like, she followed me. It reminded me of season four, episode two, uh, sorry, 22, Futility, which is Fred Savage's episode. And he defended himself also during trial. There you go. Because I was like, I know I've seen it, but I couldn't think of specifics. And I should have known better than to say that because I knew you were going to yell at me. But Also, Robin Williams defended himself. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. And we got an interesting thing on Twitter about how potentially it was pulling from the Jeffrey Dahmer case, correct? Yes, there. Uh, we got this really great tweet about the way um, the case went and how uh, the when she stopped giving Gabe what um, he wanted, it reminded her of a different of the Jeffrey Dahmer. I think it was that one um, mm-hmm. that she mentioned. So um, that said, in my research for this episode, I did not find anything to conclude that, but I definitely could see it that does make sense yeah because i know he defended himself and so yeah i, I need to watch more documentaries on that because there's like so many of them out there on him but i thought that was really interesting so thanks for sending in that tweet yes um also uh i want to talk really quickly the episode starts with us seeing zoe slash kendra's day and how she lives her life and when we get to um the place where her father is living now that guy, James, who compliments her jeans. And did you not assume he had something to do with it? No, I did. I totally did. I was like, oh, it's this guy because he feels so nice. Like, I bet it's going to play on that whole nice guy thing. But yeah, we didn't ever get to see him. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> not in that role, but I thought that he was going to come back and like support her, like help her or something. Right. No, I I felt like he was a like the smallest red herring ever. They were like, yeah. huh? You think it's him? Exactly. I know. I agree. I totally had the same feeling as you. Um, yeah. Watching it with uh, my roommate, who is not a big SVU fan, he went, he did it. <laughs> and then the guy never comes back. No, such a bummer. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad they I did have... have- Oh, go ahead. I'm glad they did have the um, her other viewers come back, though, and I'm sure we'll dig into that later. But I'm glad that we got to see them a couple of times, like interviewing and on the stand, and her talking about them. I just really like that we got to see more of her clientele, I guess. And yeah, we'll but we'll go into that later. Um, absolutely. So we meet Larry, who recorded the assault, um, and he's like, "We're really close." <laughs> I gotta say, Larry's my favorite character in this episode. He's, he is like the ideal um, fan, I would say. He See, gives you lots of money. He treats you with the utmost respect. He understands the rules and that there's like, it's not real. He's the perfect fan. <laughs> See, my favorite guy, well, I liked the couple, but I really just liked the Wall Street guy, the trader, because he just like took his like three lines 
and just crush them. Like, I love that guy. Um, some of my favorite quotes when we get into the quote segment are by him. I thought he was so funny and wonderful. Um, absolutely. No, they, uh, they're, the her fans are my favorite. They, they really, like, sold this episode. It was beautiful. Agreed. Um, speaking of her, uh, you know, Zoe slash Kendra's life, uh, let's talk about the return of Pornmonger, um, John Waters. Look, we we complained so much that he was underutilized last time we saw him. And in this episode, he was perfection. And he gets this a one, name. What was his name? Mr. Kugit. <laughs> when was that said? When they were walking in, they're like, oh, Mr. Kugit. Oh, he's still credited online as Pornmonger. Well, that, well, that's what he was in the first episode. We were like, he doesn't even get a name. Like, we're so mad. And so I think that they threw a name in this time. So he's like, okay, he has a real character title now. Unless I'm just it. dreaming um, that. But I'm like 99% sure that they said that. <laughs> I mean, they might have. I was too amused by the fact that he'll only talk to the guy who went to lawyer school um, because we complained about the We, like, laughed at that line last time. So the fact they brought it back was incredible. He's great. He needs to be, like, popping every once in a while. Honestly, I absolutely love this character. I would like, um, A, him to run every, like, porn site going forward. Boy. Um, and B, the fact that, like, it makes sense, Benson, like, being like, you you know, what an entrepreneur you are. And then being like, yeah, I adapt. It was great. It is true. And I think they brought up so many good, like, current event type things or, like, current issues. There was that. There was the fact that there's such an uptick in camming because of COVID, which I really, like, kind of touched on that issue. Um, they touched on the fact that the interns like taking a long time through because of COVID. So I think they're doing a really good job this season of weaving besides the masks, because I still don't know what's going on there, but like weaving in the current issues um, because of COVID. I think they're doing a great job of that. Even if it's not like a central issue, like throwing in lines about that. I think they're, I love that they're doing that. Um, Absolutely. I totally agree. I think um, the way that this, all played out felt very like really grounded in our current reality. Um, I, yeah, I really do love that. Um, I, we have some people chatting with us. Thank you for being here. Um, Daryl says uh, semi-responsible adult services owner. Um, he's, he's great. I love it. Um, and Daniel agrees. This is a great episode. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us live in the chat. I am having computer issues. So um, this was a really, really great uh, episode. I love the way that they catch um, Shy Gabe, the way that she like mm. does the one-on-one -on -one private sessions with her top people to try to find them um, or try to see who it was. I think that was so clever. Um, and shows how strong she is i was gonna say she did such a good job and like being able to improv that and like keep her cool when he's like admitting to it she was just such a good character because she showed like some vulnerability obviously but i love how like 
organized and smart she was about everything. It was just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a really interesting way to like a character. I totally agree. I, um, look, we talk about what amazing performances there are on the show a lot, but the idea that somebody, the range that she has to play in this episode is amazing, right? Like we have to see her be sexy. We have to see her in her, um, you know, personal life dealing with real, real stuff going on. We have to see her then dealing with the things that affected her while trying to pretend to be flirty with this guy. Then we have to see her on trial and then she has a panic attack. Then she has to get back on the stand. Like really a, a great performance, top to bottom. I agree. And I always think it's, obviously I like it when there's like the really big performances that kind of overdo it. But I loved how hers was so real. And like, like you said, grounded, like it felt so like realistic, which I loved, which is, I don't know. I just think it was really like a special thing. She like really tapped into. Yeah, no, I agree. I know how much you love the over the top. That's (laughs) why I think we have to acknowledge also like when it's perfect. Um, Let's talk about Gabe's interrogation because we have this really cute good cop, bad cop thing with um, Kat and Finn. And I was really bummed that he didn't like play into Kat's hand when she was like, no, like they had a relationship. Um, But he says, he says this twice and I found it so frustrating. He's a certified paralegal, everybody. (laughs) This guy's certified paralegal. Look, I claim to be a lawyer after 22 seasons of SVU and a couple of law classes. I claim to be a lawyer, but even I know not to represent myself. Oh, it's so obnoxious. Like just the fact that someone would even do that. How they think of themselves. Like I hate, like I hate him so much even more the fact that he did that. And it totally was to get in her head and like assert his dominance over her, which we see Oh, this is so gross. But like he did a great job playing him because I wanted to kill him so badly. Um, yeah, I agree totally. Uh, I also really love when Finn points out to Carisi that this is how it all works. That that all sex work is about the same thing. It's about, you know, pretending that there is a relationship and sometimes you know, the client gets too attached. We've seen this happen in multiple episodes of SVU. Um, but I do like that Finn, ex- like, has to explain to Carisi, um, you know, like, this is how all of it, all of it, this isn't new. What she's doing isn't new. It's all like this. Strippers, yeah. escorts, all of it. Totally. I thought it was interesting to see Kat and Carisi kind of butt heads, too. But I'm worried about something. I do not want this to be a ship. No, I no. can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. But at the end there, when they have their little moment, she asks if he needs help. Like, I'm scared they're going to push this on me. And I don't want it. Keep it away from me. Did um, you get those vibes? I saw it and I went, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, no. I know that when we first met her, I feel like there was some interaction where we joked about it. Um, and I'm sure I said that I shipped it, but in all reality, I don't. I do think a lot of this episode with Carisi, a lot of it was them reminding him that he used to be a cop. And I think that that is super interesting. And I wonder, 
um, where that is going. But before we continue that conversation, Daryl agrees. I don't see it. I don't want it. Amen, Daryl. Let's go. We pretend we do not see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I think it was very interesting um, when Benson says to him, like, how quickly you forget. Uh, and he was like, no, no, this is how trial goes, which I feel also was a little condescending the way he was like, I'm just, I'm just uh, showing you how the trial will go. No, they know they've all been here so much longer than you. Yeah, honey, we've been cops for some of us over two decades. Like, sit down, okay? Yeah. Um, and then Kat says to him, I, I can't believe you were a cop. And then Finn tells him to get out of his own head and get into the other guys. And I, I kind of wish... I mean, I, I appreciate all this. I wish it was spread out over the last few episodes so that mm-hmm. it felt like a consistent issue that Carisi's having, not just this one time he's forgotten how to do his job. I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of been building up. I feel like we have kind of been like, dude, you used to be in our position. Like, how are you forgetting that so quickly? Like, why are you in this lawyer mode and not considering the, you know, broad kind mm-hmm. of scale of it? I don't know. I feel like it's been kind of building up. I think that's been sort of a consistent thing. Like he's been on rocky territory with both the like the ADA office and them. I feel like he he's kind of trying to trying to straddle it. And if he goes too far one side, the other side gets so mad at him. So I think it's that struggle of him trying to like understand where he came from and remember those skills that he learned while like adapting to his new position. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That that makes sense. Um, I, I want to talk, we're going to talk a lot more about the new discovery laws, uh, a little later in the show. Cause I've done some digging for us. Um, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about Kat and like her, um, her feelings towards camming because she's very pro sex worker. Um, and I think it's really beautiful to have a character who goes, you know, this is about the woman being in control. The woman, ha- you know, the consent, the the model themselves, as Pornmonger says, the model, you know, is in charge. There's not supposed to be violence. It's supposed to be safe. And I really love that we have a character who's arguing that. She um, feels so, like, you can just tell that she's, like, the first, person they've had in there that is from like the quote-unquote new generation so to speak I think like we definitely saw this with like very early Olivia Benson versus like Cragen and Munch and them and so mm-hmm. and then like uh, Amanda and Nick were kind of in the middle of them I feel like they had some new things but it was like kind of convoluted because we had like Amanda's from the south and that definitely like called and, so, and feel that it's really refreshing to have her who is has this, these like new bold ideas kind of, and it's interesting to see Olivia in this new position, like now having to think about that and straddle what she believes versus like what she's learned over the years. So I just like love. I, I'm just so happy we have Cat full time because she's such a good addition and adds so many layers. I think to the squad of the show. I totally agree. Um, If you look back on early seasons, you know, when Benson would uh, have a victim who was a prostitute or who was a stripper and something happened and and she was always like, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, And 
it reminds me of Porn Stars Requiem, which I've brought up earlier. It's very much that like what you do for work does should not affect your your ability to consent. And I think that that's really beautiful. And Benson is on her side. And I love that moment where she's like trying to explain it and then takes a phone call. And Finn is like, we we are on your, we agree. We're on your side. Um, yeah. And so I, I like that because, you know, they of all people have been there so long and should know. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. And we're going to continue talking about camming in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about, uh, our judge, who you may re- remember that is actress Ada Tortoro. We've seen her throughout the years, but she was in uh, last season, the big like um, two episode arc where um, Rollins gets kidnapped by the dad. Yeah. Of the, girl, yeah. Oh, the Epstein so case. <laughs> um, and she is cousin or sister. She is related to the Tortoro family. Um, so it was nice to see her back. I really appreciate like her balancing the like giving Gabe leeway, but also being like, no, I'll be in there. You can tell she's just like, absolutely not. Like I'm done with you. Like You can tell that she was like trying to remain impartial, but she was done with the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, I will say I felt like there were the parts where he was playing the video, um, of Zoe, you know, all of her things and then her faking her orgasm um, was odd that it was not like stopped earlier. He just continued to let it play. Right. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Speaking of that, I feel like this episode uh, kind of may have rem- forgotten that we're at 9 p.m., not 10 p.m. Um, because one of my favorite one of the lines he says did you finish did you finish come or did you come first that's what it was yeah I was like, did you come on tv I, I think i saw a tweet and i don't remember who it was but it was like they've said come more in the past like hour of this than they have in the past 22 seasons of this show like they're really going for it uh, also we got benson to say sugar fap sugar fap though uh, is this a spinoff of Tasty Sugar? I need to know. <laughs> um, got I, for me, that is canon. Okay, <laughs> that is just the truth. It's um, a little adjacent company to TastySugar.com. Um, it's what Tasty Sugar adapt like has become. I think and they rebranded. They re-branded. Yeah. Um, not only did Benson say sugar fap, we got John Waters to say sugar fap. Not, not only that, but this is indeed a dark day. Dark day. Sugar, sugar fap. Yep. I wrote it down as well. Like, um, just I, what other show could do that for you? None. Uh, his, his testimony was amazing. Um, I really, I would watch an entire hour of just John Waters explaining how porn works. It's incredible. Like, it's just the fact that they just made this happen. Like, thank you so much for this gift. Um, he says during his testimony, he says, there's no physical contact. Our users know this. Like, yeah, that's how it works. And I also just love the fact that he pointed out that camming is um, consensual, but not only consensual, it's socially distanced. Yeah, it's perfect. You're correct. 
just um just imagine yeah. watching this episode like a year ago with like absolutely no clue about like what was to come and be like what yeah oh we have zach in the chat says it would have been a crime for john waters to not say that line that is true that's correct yeah um let's talk about camming for a second because um what Zoe says on the stand about it being a community, it's about fans hanging out, talking, um, you know, during this time when people are lonely and people are looking to reach out and connect, and this is the only safe way. Um, it made me think of other things that are not necessarily sexual, but are doing the same thing, right? Like a, let's, for example, look at Twitch, right? Twitch is where people go, and yes, part of it's video games, but part of it is building a community, talking and hanging out. I have a Twitch stream. I am not good at playing video games, so that's what we do is we talk and hang out, and we we talk about SVU, we talk about the news, we talk about you know our personal lives, what's going on with us, and it really, like, camming is that as well, and I think that it's such an interesting idea to explore the dangers because even in you know non-sexual situations there are youtubers there are instagram stars people who build communities youtube uh you know live streams like this one where sometimes people do cross the line people do get stalkers and i think it's so interesting um to have this conversation and and that, yes, yeah, sometimes she does do sexual things. And as she says, she only does the things that she wants to. She can decide whether she's going to accept it or not. Um, and I think it's so important because that's that's the world we live in right now. This is this is your community, is people talking to you through their computer. Yeah, totally. It was very timely, I think, um, especially now with, you know, obviously the pandemic and people being at home and looking for ways to, to reach out to other people. So I think it was a smart move to, to touch on it. And I think they nailed it. I think they did a really good job of it. There's been a lot yeah. of COVID themed <laughs> entertainment, a lot of it not good, but I think this is an exception. I think they did a really good job of it. That said, they still haven't figured out masks. Just they have not. <laughs> I believe that maybe they'll get there. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, I also was thinking about it and I was wondering why. Um, so I understand that she only performed solo. And I think that's, I think that's really wonderful, especially because every time we've had something like this, where um, a girl does some sort of sex act and then something happens to her, it almost is like unprovable where the line is mm -hmm. and this, the fact that she always does it solo is a great like way to prove like this is the line um and i think that's super interesting but i wondered why specifically when when people perform bdsm acts um and this i would say falls under bdsm um because she wanted to be dominated because she is um tied up like i think that there you know, it falls in that category. It's interesting that the show never kind of brings up safe words. And I think that that's a huge, as it's part of, it's a huge part of the BDSM community and practices. I think it's interesting that it, they choose to leave it out because I would believe that she would have had a safe word of some sort or that her fans would know. It just 
it's just an interesting question that always comes up yeah. when these kind of things happen. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it was because it was solo. It was probably, or meant to be solo, obviously. It probably just, like, kind of didn't cross our minds. I didn't think about that until you said it. But, yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if that'll be, like, a conversation um, in a future episode. Because I feel like that is a good topic to kind of bring up. Right, because she says, you know, I was crying. I said no. And he said, wasn't that part of it? Mm-hmm. Because, yes, in a ravishment fantasy, which is a whole other question I have, um, when we rebranded that, but in a ravishment fantasy, um, yeah, no and stop are words that you would use, which is why in BDSM there is a safe word because mm-hmm. the words no and stop are used. Therefore, you need a safe word, which tells you that is how you stop. And the fact that... Yeah. I guess my my complaint is people who don't necessarily participate in BDSM in their life then go and try to enter that community and then not at all blaming the victim, but then things happen. Yeah, totally. I think BDSM is a really interesting like thing in our culture right now, especially with like Fifty Shades and how that was like such a bad representation of what it actually is. Like. Mm-hmm great episode that kind of touches on that a little bit but um yeah i'm sure that there'll be more episodes sort of with that theme or i would like there to be because it is kind of a uncharted territory and something that a lot of people don't know about except through media like the 50 shades thing which is not right representation it it reminds me of so in 25 acts i said i think i said the same thing the fact that there was no safe word established it tells you that A, these two people don't know what they're doing. And B, if there's no safe word established, then there was no consent. You need to be able yeah. to discuss. You set ground rules and rules and guidelines. Anyway. Totally. Uh, I want to talk about the testimony of our favorite guys. Um, when Larry gets called back and is like, yeah, yeah, she loves me. And um, we hear, I'm not talking to him that made me laugh like uh, are you five years old like it was so obnoxious um i also loved when the guy from the couple spoke and the trader spoke i thought it was Amazing. so interesting that they had a couple too because it shows that it's not just like these creepy guys that are always into this because i feel like in past episodes that's pretty much been what we've seen is a bunch of like gross guys but it's interesting to see like oh yeah it's not just like it's not just something that some creep in, you know, their parents' basement or whatever, like, will watch. The couple trying to get pregnant, I thought was such an interesting addition to this episode. I completely agree. Because I feel like you have Larry, who is, I would say, the, like, epitome of mm-hmm. what you would expect from this kind of client. And what's even better is that he is he is not only the epitome of what you expect, he's also the respectful one, the one who understands the rules, who explains like, no, this this isn't real. I'm aware, but I I don't mind. I yeah. think that he's like, this is what do you say? This is as real as any relationship I've been in. Yeah, like, I'm good. Yeah, um, and then we have the trader who also feels very New York. Like he feels like that. Like I play. I, I don't have time to wine and dine. I'm just the guy who always picks up hookers kind of guy. Like, yeah. I think that's great. Um, but he's so self-aware, which I love. He's like, what he, she said that, you know, she loves you. If I pay her to say she loves me, she will. Like, he just knows. I'm like, thank you. Like, someone has some common sense here, like, understands the game. Yes. 
Um, so then Gabe loses it and uh, the bailiff, so when he first loses it, you can see a bailiff in the background who doesn't move. And I was like, sir, do your job. Sir, he's ripping the pla- like the plastic things down. Like you need to stop that, okay? But what's so interesting is we spend the whole episode telling Carisi, you used to be a cop. And when um, Gabe's getting taken away by the bailiffs, he gets free and comes back. I expected Carisi to tackle him. Like you were a cop. Tackle the guy. Stop him. And he doesn't. No. Just- yeah, he's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we end the episode with a great line uh, from Benson because Kat's really upset about it. She says she just wants Zoe to be able to do whatever she wants to do. And I think that that is like such a poignant message because that's what this show for 22 years has been trying to tell us. We just want people to be able to do what they want to do. Yeah. I, I agree. I really like that sentiment. And going back to that, like, I love how Olivia and Finn were like, no, we agree with you. But the reality is there are dangers to it, which sucks. And we want that to change. But like, this is how it is right now. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that push and pull, even though they're on the same side of it. And yeah, that quote, that message, I think really ties everything together. Absolutely. Uh, Taylor, I know you like to pull out some of your favorite lines. It's time for the best lines of the episode. Taylor, what you got for us? Well, we've said a couple of them. Um, but I couldn't help no, it. Yeah, no, no, we had to. It was time. But the Wall Street guy saying the market's closed, I pop a beer and party with Kendra. <laughs> the way you delivered it was gold. Um, and this isn't a line, but a moment. I love the fact that they referenced the guy who masturbated during a Zoom work meeting. I was like, ooh. We'll yeah, but we'll I wasn't aligned. But the fact that they mentioned that was great. Finn saying guys are fools or worse. So true, Finn. So true, Finn. Um, but yeah, it, it's indeed a dark day at Sugar Fab. Like, I feel like I have to say, we can't not say that in this segment that we've went over it. Uh, but those were those were a couple of my favorites. Um, no, I agree. Those I had all of those. It is indeed a dark day at Sugar Fab. It's by far <laughs> the best one. So good. Um, every, uh, honestly, almost every word out of John Waters' mouth was perfect. Um, when he's like, uh, he's like, how do you, you know, how do you keep track of everything? And he goes, cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, does he know what that means? Or does he just know to say it? I don't know, but it was so good. So good. It was really great. Um, you brought it up a bit, so let's head into our ripped from the headline segment. Um, yes, we did bring up Jeffrey Tubin, um, who was the journalist who was masturbating on a Zoom call uh and subsequently got fired, which is reasonable. Um, so that was definitely ripped from the headline, but also I want to talk about the New York's new discovery law reform. Um, So this went into effect in January 2020. So it has been a year, um, just like how long Kendra Dream has been camming, um, also started January 2020. Um, So when this law, I'm going to read a little bit about what it changed. uh, But I think one of the things that really needs to be like addressed in this episode is Benson says, um, I hate 
this new law. And I think that that is something that really should be addressed because aside from this specific instance where the defendant chose to go to the crime scene, which is part of the law, the rest of the law is very reasonable and makes a lot of sense. And in a show that we've talked about is Copaganda and that is trying to address that, the idea that they gave us a taste of what this law is and then had Benson say that she hates it feels irresponsible. Um, Mm. So let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, So yes, the part of the episode that we learned about is um, part of this new discovery law. It is um, order for access to premises. The defendant may request a court order uh, permitting access to a crime scene or other premises related to the case. The court can also order the premises remain unchanged. Uh, In considering whether to grant such a motion, the court must consider several factors. One, need for access, including the risk that the defendant will be depraved of useful evidence. Two, the position of the individual entity who owns or possesses the premises. Three, the privacy, interest, and perceived hardship of the individual or entity allowing access. Uh, Four, the position of the prosecution regarding the request for access. The court may deny access if the uh, probative value can be obtained through other means. Further, if Mm. access is granted, individual or entity who possesses or owns the property may request that law enforcement be present while granting the access. So that's the part of the law that we actually talked about on the show. And Mm -hmm. I completely understand and agree why that would be an issue. Here are the things we didn't talk about. Um, Before this law, the prosecution could give the defense discovery the day before trial. Mm -hmm. Before this Yeah. Um, The defense had to write a request for the discovery. This law requires that the discovery be made within 15 days of arraignment, unless you request an extension, and delivered to the defense. So in a time when we have pointed out that there is a problematic system um, and that there is an issue with our court system and our laws, this law is made to make it better for the defense. Yeah. Because we're in a country where they are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't realize it was like it had so much more to it than that. I maybe she should have been like, I hate that this law lets him do that. You know what I mean? Like maybe tweak the line a little bit. Um, wow, that's interesting. Thanks for researching that for me, because I sure didn't know that. Well, so they said it like three times. They were like, this new law allows this. And I was like, what new law? What is this law? <laughs> because in what world is there a law where the def- like that the law is just the defendant can go to the crime scene? <laughs> like that seems like an odd law. So I wanted to look into it. So the big thing is, here's what, um, oh, I had the like big statement. Okay, so the... Uh, This law requires automatic discovery, eliminating the need for defense attorneys to make written demand to obtain and review evidence. Specifically, the prosecution must allow the defendant to discover, inspect, copy, photograph, and test all materials relating to the subject matter of the case, whether the prosecutor 
where someone under the prosecutor's direction is in possession, custody, or control of such item. The statute also creates a presumption of openness, directing judges to favor disclosing information when applying um, the statute to specific, specific rulings. The big thing is that it needs to be done quickly and fairly. Yeah, um, you would think that that would have always been the case. Is the thing like that's crazy that that's a new thing. The other part, the other part that is problematic and that again I wish would have been brought up is the defendant is given access to all of the contact information and names of anyone involved. So witnesses, whoever called 911, oh. they get the recording of the 911. All of that information is given to the defense, which I can see how that is problematic. Yeah, that, the contact, ooh, yeah, that's really a gray, kind of sketchy area. So the idea that they would bring up this case or this new law and not go into what the law is really feels irresponsible. And then to have a character be like, I hate this law, that seems... That seems copaganda-y, which is what we're trying, trying yeah. as to not do. Yeah, that's really true. I I mean, I it would be a stretch for them to bring it up again, but we have had seeds planted and then it being brought back, like with the what was it, like the method of driving past the scenes and trying to remember things. I forget what that was called, but we touched on that I think last year. So it would be nice for this to like be brought up again and like see those nuances that you talked about so it's a little bit you know yeah avoid that or like understand why she said that like why would you think that beyond this then you know right i i hate this part of the law i hate that he's using the law in this way right yeah it was probably just like an oversight but i agree that the implications are not great I mean, again, especially because this season they are actively trying to address the, like, systemic problems. Yeah, totally. This feels, yeah. All right. Um, moving on to some SVU show news. Uh, I have a, I have a couple photos to share with us. Um, uh, I'm sure you... I'm sure you think you know which one I'm showing, but first, <laughs> I have other news. Um, okay. So Detective Barrick from Criminal Intent, um, played by Annabelle uh, Sciorra, I believe, um, is returning to SVU, uh, is returning to the Law & Order universe. In a February episode, she is now Lieutenant of the Bronx SVU. Um, I have a photo of who that is for the Criminal Intent fans. Um, <laughs> all right, she's um, powerful. Yeah, so she's returning as Lieutenant of the Bronx SVU. So that will be fun to see some uh, Benson and Barrick uh, discussion. I love that. Um, also, we've talked about um, Wentworth Miller's character of Isaiah, ADA Isaiah Holmes. He will be in episode six. Um, which is called The Long Arm of the Witness. Uh, and he will be going okay. against one of our favorite defense attorneys, Rita Calhoun. Yes. <laughs> oh, love, love. So glad yes. to here. And then the news I'm pretty sure you all thought I was going to share with you. Don't <laughs> you worry. Um, because it's happening, everybody. It is happening. Um, Benson and Stabler are together. They're on set. Um, 
and not just not just this picture. I have a second picture. That's right. There's a second picture. Oh man. That's wild to like see. Like that's um, wild to see. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, you're missing these photos, but you can check them out on NBC SVU at Insta on Instagram. You can also um, you can also see them on Marushka and Chris's Instagram pages because they originally posted them. Yes, yeah, but you can see them together. Oh, true, so true. It's it's so beautiful. Hold on, we just need to appreciate it a little bit again. I just, I just. I'm so curious of what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. The ratings are just going to be insane then. Like, I feel like everyone's just so curious. It's been so long. We didn't think that they would come. So the fact that we're inching towards it is kind of unreal. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, every time I see those photos, I just get so excited. Me too. Oh my gosh. I'm just excited for Twitter to explode because I know it will. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, gonna, like I'm be gonna... so much community, you know? Like it's gonna be so togetherness. Yeah, you gotta find a way to watch the East Coast feed because it's gonna be spoiled. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't I can't do that. I'll fly to New York just for that. I'm just kidding, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. But I'm All thinking right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about our weekly poll um that's right here on s review we do a poll every week taylor take it away absolutely okay so last week we asked you guys who you would want to spend new year's eve with and yeah you're about to be real angry <laughs> oh i know but in third place a tie for last which is just i'm hurt i'm very hurt we have Finn and Phoebe, which, okay, guys, like, get some taste. And Kat and her date, which, like, okay, guys, get some taste. But Wow, rude. Whatever. Okay. It's fine. Don't want to insult their viewers, but also, what are you thinking? Um, in second place, we have Rollins and Carisi with 30% of the votes. Sorry, 30.3%. And in first place, not really surprising to me, we have Olivia and Noah with 39.4%. I get it. I, I do get it. Um, you can't really go I wrong with any of them. So Olivia Benson, yeah. I'm aware there's a child. He probably, well, he fell asleep pretty early, yeah? That's true. That's true. I'll come over once he's asleep. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Um, and this week, we are asking you guys what your favorite sex worker episode is. And we have the one we just talked about, obviously. We have Dreams Deferred, the Patricia Arquette episode, like maybe one of my top five favorites. I love that episode so much. She, The fact that she didn't get an Emmy nomination for guest starring was a crime, but that's fine. Uh, we have Dreams Deferred, which is currently in first place, which thank you, you guys have taste in this instance. We have Porn Stars at Requiem, which is season 16, episode five, which we talked a little bit about. That's the one with the Bella Knox case. Um, and Hannah Marks is like the person who plays her. And she's amazing. Such a good episode. And then we have She Pays for Vengeance, which we talked about last season, um, which I just remember as she draws the painting of Olivia as like the angel on the building. <laughs> and so that's a classic. <laughs> These are all classic. Yeah. These are all great episodes. Um, what would you, yeah, what would you I already voted. 
What did you vote Point for? Point Stars Requiem is one of my favorites. That's fair. That's probably my Look, second dream. fave. Dreams Deferred is the first time I cried during an episode of SVU. Um, like the end is just so beautiful. Um, I watched it sometimes. And the, the fact, oh, the song it starts out. Oh, I want to watch that so badly. Maybe I'll do that after this. That's a good episode. <laughs> Unreal. Um, no, I agree. Great episodes. And we will tell you where to find the poll in just a minute. But first, our biggest, uh, biggest news thing of all now. What did we learn? Um, you go. I always struggle with this. Like nothing pops out at me. But I mean, I learn? just learned, I learned this entire thing about the New York discovery law reform. So true. I learned a lot of actual things this week. Um, I learned that when the markets close, I can pop a beard and party with Kendra. That's true. That is I true. love that line. I don't think you understand how deeply I love that line. I'm shocked that that's the line you love. It's so fun because the delivery was perfect. Like it was so good. When the markets close, pop a beard and party with Kendra. <laughs> Uh, it is indeed a dark day for sugar fab. <laughs> I want to see if that domain is thinking. But um, I don't know I, I don't know if it was I was saying, would be on it. Google that for you. Someone someone who's willing to look that up. Go ahead. Um even oh, I lost <laughs> um, all right. I I love this. I love doing this show with you. This is by far my favorite episode of the season. I've seen it at least three times now. I'll probably watch it a few more. Um, but again, anybody who needs help, please reach out to Rain. Their number is 1-800-656-4673. 1-800-656-4673. Yep, I got it right. I think I finally learned it after five years. You, but if, if, when in doubt, it spells hope. Okay. Thank you. Um, Taylor, where can everyone find you and the poll between now and next episode? Yes, you guys can find me and the poll at alphabet underscore Anne, and you can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Nice. Um, I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L. I am on Twitch where I'm building a community and hanging out and talking. I am not taking my clothes off, but you know, come anyway. Yet. Uh, <laughs> yet. Yep. Over on Twitch, uh, I'm not going to be streaming tomorrow because it is Martin Luther King Day and I'm taking the day off. Um, so yeah, but until next Sunday, when we talk more SVU, thank you so much for joining us. Like subscribe, check out the podcast version. It's this, uh, but less fun. <laughs> That's the selling point. <laughs> you yep. really sold it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.